0: Hello family, and welcome to Kingwood Methodist. In John 4, 23, Jesus states that a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. As we gather at church and open God's Word, we are not just coming together for the sake of gathering, but also to learn the truth of God and how we can grow to love God with our whole heart, mind, Soul and strength. As we continually surrender our lives to the Word of God by the power of the Holy Spirit, we become the type of worshipers our Heavenly Father seeks. Let's dive in together. you to remain standing for the reading of the scripture which this day comes from the book of Hebrews chapter 10 verses 23 through 25. This is part of a larger section within chapter 10 that is really about a call for how we are to persevere within the faith. Here's the writer of Hebrews instructs us words timelessly true from God. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. This is the word of God for you and me, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated, and as you are, let's pray together. Eternal God, show us your word and your covenant within your word, and your grace within your covenant, and your goodness within your grace, your love within your goodness, and all of yourself within your love for us in Jesus Christ. And may your spirit stand between me and your people so that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together would be shaped, formed, and molded into the good news of the gospel of Christ, in whose name we've gathered, in whose name we pray, and in whose name we will depart and seek to serve you faithfully. And to all of God's people did say, Amen. A little bit of housekeeping about this Art of Neighboring series as we wrap up. We've got some. Uh, real simple thank you cards if you would like to pick one up on the way out, uh, that if you had a neighbor who um, supplied a bag or someone who dropped something off, you might just drop them a, a thank you note for helping, helping us serve our community together. So these are available for you to just simply hand out to your neighbors who helped us along the way. Today we wrap up this series about the art of neighboring and what it means for us to understand what's distinctive for you and me as followers of Christ in a neighboring spirit, what defines us and what calls us to be who we are. I was watching this weekend, as some of you may, uh, the reruns, and if you're a golfer like me, my heart is a little bit sad because I think during worship, we will be uh, losing the Ryder Cup. About five or six weeks ago, I got a phone call and I was offered tickets to the Ryder Cup. Yeah, and Marco Simone. Two tickets for the practice rounds on both Wednesday and Thursday. And then tickets for today. Uh, Stacy and Clint were there at the table, and Clint was already going, oh, man, I can find you this airline. I've never heard of it before, but, you know, no, Clint, you're not booking my flights, you know. <laughs> oh, you can't take any luggage. You can only take a three-by-five bag. No, Clint, you know. Uh, the excitement started to stir. I even called Sean and said, they said, now, we need to know you. The, the tickets are not transferable, and we, if you want them, we've got to know within 48 hours. And so we did a flurry of activity, and we thought, and here's what I eventually arrived at. Obviously, I'm here, not there, right? What arrived at is what was offered as free in tickets was not worth the cost of what it'd take for me to take advantage of the free tickets. And that offer, I think sometimes, oftentimes, we are offered things that we don't consider the cost it's like the sign that says free haircut friend there's no such thing as a free haircut you're gonna pay for it one way or the other (laughs) or I remember seeing in the mall the sign that said ears pierced while you wait think about that ears pierced while you wait how else would you have your ears pierced you take them off and leave them there to pierce and pick them up later Everything comes with a cost and a price. Every decision that we make has a necessary sense of consequences. And one of the greatest challenges within our culture is we have an increasing sense that we should be able to make all of our choices and then choose all of the consequences. And it doesn't work that way. We get to choose our actions, our thoughts, our words. We don't get to choose the consequences. And when we think about what drives the decisions of our beliefs, our habits, and our actions, we should know that everything comes with a price or a consequence. It's no different in following Christ. Sometimes I think the dilemma of the church today is we have made it so so easy and convenient that there's no sense of purposefulness. I I don't want to follow a savior of the world that says, oh, you just keep doing everything you're doing, nothing has to change, show up 1.7 times a year at church, and all's good. Occasionally do this or that. I want to follow something that makes a difference in my life and makes a difference in the world. And, and, And what I've noticed is this. When the call of the gospel comes and it changes my life, God has this divine way of pouring far more back into my life than what I think I have to change to follow. It's just this divine economy or divine math of God that the Holy Spirit renews and pours us in. I don't know about your family, but um, as I read these words and we hear the words to hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, that, that the God who promised is faithful, that we shouldn't give up meeting together, that we should continue to encourage one another, I'm captured by that one simple image to focus on, and that is... We are to spur one another on. Some translations will say provoke one another. Some will say stir each other up. Do you have a pot stir in your family? Do you have an agitator in your family? In your family gatherings, is there someone who shows up and they're always going to be just stirring the pot, aren't they? whether it be an action or a word, or maybe you've got somebody in the family that everybody's sort of just meeting together and everybody's not really willing to say anything about this event or this circumstance or this issue, but you've always got that one family member that when everybody's together and nobody can leave, steps right in it, speaks into it. This concept of provoking one another in the Greek sense of the word Does have a sense of agitation. But unlike the culture and world around us that seeks to agitate us to be at odds with one another, and one of the dilemmas within our society today is that we forget that the information cycles that come to us sell advertising space, and that advertising space seeks to say how many people listen and people tend to listen to the things that are the most egregious or the most alarming and we're caught in this vicious cycle of a world that wants to provoke us to agitate not to spur one another on to good but to be at odds with one another friends we are called by christ we are gathered to worship together, but we are sent and scattered to serve. Gathered in love, scattered to serve. The imagery of being able to gather at this table together, to come and to be reminded, to taste and see of God's goodness, is the tangible witness that this passage of Hebrews reminds us, that we should not give up on meeting together we should encourage one another. And why is that so important for us as neighbors? Because isn't it a sad statement about the status of the world that the simple concept of civility and kindness is so gapingly missing in our culture? We've lost the art of civility. That's the peripheral aspect, but it's a commentary on our culture. Friends, I want to encourage you today to hear the good news. You need to go out and be pot stirs. You need to go out and stir stuff up. You need to be an agitator of grace. When you step into those moments of conflict, you need to be able to walk into a moment of Grace. As I was preparing this sermon, we were coming back yesterday. I won't name the establishment at which we stopped to get a breakfast biscuit and a drink, but you know where I go, and that's where I was. (laughs) But it wasn't here locally. But they were having a bad day. They were having a bad day. They only had ones in the register. The person that was new there couldn't, I, I, after 23 minutes, I think Sean wondered, what, what, has he met somebody? Is he holding church? Does he have offering plates going on in there? They were just having a bad day, and, and I knew that this sermon had been prepared during the week, and I got to thinking, let's try this. Let's try this right now. The person over here was, you know, I come here every week. And by golly, every week they get something wrong. So I told my husband, I'm coming in today to get the order. I'm going to check it before I leave. The other guy comes over. He's upset because it took a while. They're just a bunch of idiots. How hard is it to take an order? And I got to thinking, "Woo! All I'm worried about is a little sausage biscuit and a Diet Coke to go. I think, I want to try something. And so here's all I did. This is my experiment. Because see, these aren't my church members. I had nothing to lose, right? These people don't know me. I didn't have a name tag, right? I can try anything I want this moment. So I kind of stepped over. I said, so ma'am, you come here every day. They do They do a good service a lot of days, don't they? Oh, they do. They do. But you know, I said, yeah, you know, if you ever had one of those days personally, I wonder if they're just having one of those days. In that little comment, she said, well, I guess you're right, you know. Then the other guy, he was my, I, was, I was going for him because he was just like me. When I get agitated and I'm on a schedule, I can be a really unchristian witness. And God usually has someone show up when I say something ugly in those moments that will say to me, Hey, aren't you the pastor at Kingwood Methodist Church? <laughs> And after, I will tell you, I've done this enough that um, what I say is, no, you must have had me confused with the pastor of Kingwood Baptist Church. <laughs> no, they know who I am. So I kind of walked over and I said, man, it's, I think they're just having a rough day today. Oh, I forgot this. he couldn't remember the cup? I said, yeah. You know, I forget things a lot too. It's, it's kind of heck getting old, isn't it? it? didn't say heck. I was trying to, you know, relate to him. Um, he says, it is. And immediately said, you know, I had to do, what I found out is he began telling me what he was struggling with. And I took the opportunity to say, okay, I I just tried this little experiment. People that I'll never see again, it was a safe environment for me. I I, I just wanted to, Can we shift the conversation? It's amazing how easy it is. Now, here's here's the dilemma. The dilemma is, you see, it's easy to shift the conversation with people I'm never going to meet again, never going to see again because I'm not worried about how that's going to go. Neither of these two people knew who I was, and I probably would never see them again. What's different is that when we live together in community, whether it's with people that we know, there's something about the intimacy of that that makes it a little bit more difficult to be vulnerable and to step into it. But friends, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I want you to go stir it up. I want you this day... To bring whatever it is that you have to say, God, open my eyes. In the words of that hymn, open my eyes that I may see the glimpses of truth thou hast for me. I want God to reveal to you those places where you can be a stir up for the purpose of good and in the spirit of love. Places where your simple comments can change conversations. Moments where you see a conflict in the world where you can ask that person what's going on with them. Places that you can be willing to be poured out. And did you notice the way that the writer of Hebrews in verse 24 says it, let us not give up on meeting together as some have a habit of doing. Isn't that an interesting context, that the habit is what's failed to be done? Let's stir things up in habits of faithfulness, habits of love, habits of grace. Friends, be that family member in the world. Be that one that just stirs the pot when there's nothing but ugliness. Speak a word of grace. When there's nothing but vitriol and hatred, find a way to shift what's going on. When there's nothing but injustice, be the person that's willing to step up and say, Hey, this isn't right. Friends, we're training our children to do this. We're training our kids to do this. In in, in the elementary program, they're, they're learning the witness of the scripture to shape their lives, and in the midst of the youth program, they're learning the ways to do that, and I hear time and again that when something happens in the world, we are equipping our children to know the power of prayer in moments of difficulty, the power of a witness to know when to step away from those negative influences, the positive aspect that when a when a kid who's Who's in fifth or sixth grade has learned how to pray, says, Hey guys, our friend is hurt. Let's take a knee and pray. Could you do that in fourth or fifth grade? I wasn't built to say, Hey, let's take a knee and pray right now in sixth grade. I, I just they're so much further along, and they're there because we choose to invest. And what we want them to be is we want them to stir things up as well. And the God of grace who stirred up the apathy of the world and the the people that he was trying to persuade, persuade your heart. May the grace that shifted the commentary of criticism upon people who were ostracized to be a personal touch in the person of Christ, to recognize them by name, to call them by name, and to touch their lives, inspire you to be the same for you have been gathered in grace and in a few moments you shall be scattered in the same into the world that all would know the love and the grace of God in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit and all of God's people did say amen